Welcome to another episode of the On Attack NFL Draft Podcast. I'm Shannon, here with Damien and Eugene. How are you guys today? I am good. I am chilling. Trying to stay out the freezer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. For those of you that, had, that don't know, Eugene, for the past couple of shows, that was me, my bad, y'all. Has gone into the freezer. <laughs> now, we can see him. You guys can't. So you probably hear the ice drops dropping in the glass. Um, but we see him going into the freezer mid-sentence. And I'm just trying to keep a straight face. I'm trying to keep it professional. But I'm like, this dude is in the freezer getting some getting some cold Hennessy. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, shout out to him, though. Um, <laughs> shout out to my boy Eugene. Uh, <laughs> but he's got his drink before he got his drink before the show, so we should be straight this time. I'm figuring Shannon can do it. I can do it too. Touche. I mean, tell, tell, tell him what Shannon he's talking about. Shannon Sharp. AKA Shannon Dole. Uh, <laughs> um, shout, shout out to Shannon, man. You know, out there. Fake smoking uh, cigarillos and stuff, you know what I mean? Um, <laughs> pandering and whatnot. With a, with a stocking cap on. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you got like 12 abs. You know you're not smoking nothing. Like, come on, man. Like, stop it. Uh, but, you know, that's you know, that, that's just kind of what we do here, guys. Let's have fun. But, Shannon, yeah. tell me what we got for them today. Tell me what we got. Um, so, today we're going to discuss some um, free agents that are still available. I didn't realize until, um, shout out to Gerard made a post the other day and listed like some top names that's still free agents. And a lot of people were saying, you know, why they thought they were, why they were still free agents or um, what may be the issue. I, I think that if not for um, the coronavirus, a lot of those guys would be signed because they could have worked out, visited teams and things like that. Yeah. Um, but today, Damon and Eugene are going to pick some, um, pick some players, two guys and give you their thoughts on them and, and what might be up with them for the season or where they think they may go. Um, so, so Eugene, would you like to give your two guys free agents? Uh, yeah, my two guys, I guess I'll start off with Devontae Freeman. Um, he's another guy. He's had injury issues. I mean, he gets banged up every now and then. He's, he's, he's a good player. He's 28 years old. He can, he can still play, I believe, but not in a feature role. And, and being as though the running back position is devalued in the league anyway, I mean, it's a good reason why. You can, he's still a free agent, but the main reason why he's still a free agent is because he, um, he, I think he's overvaluing himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, he turned down a deal from the Seahawks uh, for about what is it, like around two million or something like that. Either two or and, million. Yeah, something like that. And they turned around, and gave that same money to Carlos Hyde, and Carlos Hyde has a job now. He's going to be playing next year. Devontae Freeman is not, unless he comes down off that price. Uh. He's at the point now, I think he's got to realize what he is and where he's at in his career. I mean, he can come in and be a backup and and uh, be that, because he's a dual threat running back. He can actually help a team. He can help a, a bunch of teams. But it's just that you got to understand where you are at in your career right now. And you're not, you're not a thousand-yard guy anymore, and you're not going to be a featured guy anymore. You need to, honestly, he needs to get in where he fit in at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he, he like you said, he, he's kind of overvaluing himself. I believe he came out and stated after the Seahawks tried to give him that deal and he turned it down that he's willing to sit out this year, I believe. 
Um, you know, it, it's just, I mean, if that's what you want to do, I totally understand. Um, but at the same time, you can look at someone like a Le'Veon Bell that set out a whole year, finally uh-huh. came back, and while he wasn't, the f- well, he wasn't fast at all beforehand, he did not no. have the same burst uh, that he had before he set out the season. So you can't, listen, <laughs> there's an old saying, if you, you, you know, uh, if you don't use it, you lose it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And and that's one of the biggest things for me is just like, well, it can help you stay healthy, you know, what I'm you know, but at the same time is what are you what are your legs gonna look like next year you come into somebody's camp? Are you gonna be the guy you thought you were? Right. Because I don't I don't see that. So I, I really think yeah. he should have taken the role, but like you said, he's a dual threat back. I mean, you look at Jacksonville or or no, there's a lot of teams that are using multiple backs now, you know, mm-hmm. uh, a, a team that I think he should have possibly went lobbying to was possibly the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I was about to you say know, Tampa mm-hmm. Bay, Tampa Bay, That'd be a perfect they have fit. Rojo, they have Keyshawn Vaughn. Keyshawn Vaughn's a rookie. Um, you know, we don't know. He's not a proven uh, entity yet, you know? So mm-hmm. if I'm Devontae, I go, I go there. I beat out Keyshawn and now I'm, you know, I'll possibly beat out Rojo and you yeah. do have yourself the lead back in a committee, though. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And with Tom Brady, exactly. that screen game, that underneath game, um, mm-hmm. and, and the, the, the Texas route, the flats, different things like that. He can he can still have a like a 1,200 total yard from scrimmage type of year. You know, 600 yards on the ground, yep. 700 yards on the ground, four or 500 yards through the air, things like that. He could still be a, 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 an effective piece in the right system. Uh, on mm. the right team, but again, your price tag cannot be more than what teams view you. You know, if they don't view you like that, you can't come in there at. I mean, a guy on this on the the top free agent list is still a free agent because he views himself way more than teams. Yeah, just Davion mm-hmm. Cloudy. So exactly, yeah, it's just got to you got to be smart with your business, in my opinion. Yeah, I would say like you got to get in where you fit in because even waiting a year for him, it might not be beneficial. But one, it's not going to be beneficial financially. If they're not trying to pay you now, what do you mm-hmm. think they're going to give you in a year? Exactly. And then, and then older. And you compare it to the um, maybe on belt situation, like you said, he doesn't even have the same umph that he had with the Steelers now. So I don't think sitting out a year will work for him. And I, th- I do think Tampa Bay, I thought he was going to go to Tampa Bay, but I think Tampa Bay would definitely be a great fit for him. But yeah, I mean, the Eagles actually had interest in him, too. But then they found out about that price, and they was like, no, we good. Mm-mm. He could have he been had a job by now. But it's just right. that, he's one, he maybe he values himself too much, and two, maybe he's getting bad advice from his agent. Yeah, yeah two. Yeah, so Eugene, who was your second guy? Second guy I had is uh, Timmy Jernigan. Um, mm-hmm. Timmy. This, <laughs> I'm not going to say it. I like Timmy. He was a Raven first. Remember? Yeah, yeah. He was um he was he was good here. I actually I actually liked him too. Um but he just uh he wore down at the end of the season mm-hmm. and he got uh and he I mean, he couldn't he couldn't shake the injury bug. Yeah. But he, he's a very good player though. Still in his twenties, still twenty seven, so he still got some football left ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Um if you want somebody uh that's gonna be in your defensive tackle rotation, uh he's not somebody that's gonna be um not fit for a three four defense. You don't want him uh stacking his shit in blocks or anything like that. You want him attacking upfield. Mm-hmm. So I look at uh, a team like uh Detroit who had limited pass rush. They've been dying for pass rush. 
they could put him in their rotation. It's best probably not to have him as a starter, but in that defensive tackle rotation, playing about like 50, 60% of the snaps maybe, mm-hmm. between 40 and 60% of the snaps, that's where he's most effective at. Right. Um, where he, he, I mean, you keep, you have a defensive tackle rotation, you keep him fresh all season, he's going to give you pass rush. You can put him in on third downs and have him give you that interior pass rush. I mean, he's he's a he's a good asset to have. Uh, I don't know what his health status is right now, mm-hmm. but but I believe like probably when we get close to the training camp, when injuries happen or something like that, I think he he's he's high on somebody's list. They'll probably give him a call. I agree. Uh, like I said, the injury bug, man. You know, it, mm-hmm. that's the main thing. And like I said, limiting his snaps because um, you could be. It, it's crazy when you usually when you hear the term um, designated pass rusher, you usually think about guys on the edge. That could be for yeah. an interior guy as well, and he yeah. can help push that pocket where he's you know he's coming in on, on on those second and third downs and it's long yardage, and he can push the pocket. He's he, he's capable in the run game as well. But like mm-hmm. I said, with someone with his Skill set, you want to limit his snaps. Like you said, 40 to 60 snaps a game to where you limit his on-field um, play, and that also helps limit his ability to get in opportunities for him to get hurt. Um, keeps yeah. him fresh. And, and like I said, that was one of the biggest things. The year you guys won the Super Bowl, you had the deepest rotation on the defensive mm-hmm. line. And yeah. it just yeah. keeps everyone fresh, man. And for the offensive yeah. linemen, it's not the same thing. The offensive linemen, they're not enough quality offensive linemen on every team or in the league to have yeah, rotations do that. like that. You know yep. what I mean? Plus, for them, it's with the offensive line, it's more camaraderie. It's more timing. It's more just, you know, legit cohesiveness. It's cohesiveness. Yeah. So it's like, well, I can't, we can't rotate those guys. So in the fourth quarter, you're tired. You know what I'm saying? Because you, as an offensive lineman, you've been playing all four quarters. Yeah. The last you thing you want to see is a fresh guy a coming fresh on the field. fresh guy come on the right. field. And it's like, yep. man, like, I know he's going to give me everything because he still mm-hmm. has so much energy left. Mm-hmm. So yep, when, he, exactly. when he fires off the ball, I'm going to feel that in his hands. I'm going to feel mm-hmm. that power that's going to level from his feet through his yeah. legs, his hips, all the way to his hands. All of that. And there's a chance he could push me back. And if he gets mm-hmm. me off balance... He can get me into the pocket, into to, into the lap of my quarterback, and that's not what we want. So yeah. that's like I said, it's a, it's a good point. Uh, Tim, any team, like I said, Detroit, um, team like Oakland. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll be completely honest with you, the New England Patriots need someone like that, someone yeah. that can push the pocket from the interior. The mm-hmm. New England Patriots, the Baltimore Ravens, and I forget the other the other the third team led the league last year in cover zero blitz. Like almost a hundred snaps worth. It, it, it's it's it, and that's because you don't have a true pass rush, so you so need to gotta, upgrade that. You got to yeah. manufacture a pass rush. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think Jimmy would be a great addition to any team that used, like you said, he can be a rotational player. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked him when he was on the Ravens. I really, he he was one of the guys that I didn't want to see go, but I felt like he was a better fit for you. And then mm-hmm. you see how it worked out anyway. Um, because I feel like we were asking too much of him when he was here, and then he wasn't living up to the expectation that people had of him. Mm-hmm. But he was able to do – he was able to play um, a really good – I don't want to say role player, but he was a you know role player. He was able to be in that rotation that you guys had and you won a Super Bowl. So yeah, that's cool. Um, yep. and, and, it, 
Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, no, I'm, I was just going to say uh, Philly Philly fell into the same trap. They got good play from him in 2017. They tried to make him a starter in 2018, and he got hurt. Yeah. yeah. So he, he's got he's got the right role. Right. So, Damian, who are you two guys? So my my first guy is Everson Griffin. Um, you know, Everson Griffin's been in the league since 2010. He's 32, going to 33 years old. He's had 70. He's he's accumulated 74 and a half sacks in his tenure uh, when he was with the Minnesota Vikings. He is a constant, uh, productive defensive end. He's good against the run, and you know he's going to give you pass rush. He's versatile as well on the defensive line. He could play on the edge, but he also can be kicked inside at the three-tech and rush from the interior. He is a good player. Now, like I said, I get it. He's 32 years old, and I'm assuming that has a little bit to do with why he's still a free agent. I, a lot of it. Yeah, right, a lot of it. I mean, he's coming off a season where he played 15 games. He had uh, he, he had eight sacks, 24 QB hits. You know, he, he's productive. He's going to get back there to the quarterback. Um, he has 176 QB hits in his entire career. That's that's a lot, man. So yeah. just speaks to speak to the the volume of a uh, uh, quality of play you can get from him. Um, so I, when I look at him, of course, a team like the Seahawks, you know, they they losing. Um, and I think that's the team that's that's to me. I think that's the lead dog that's probably waiting until camp and everything else. Because of yeah. course, him being an older player, he's played a lot of snaps. Hey, you really don't. We don't really need you to go by, blow for blow and you know just bang in, in training camp and in practices. Yeah, he don't pick up go the camp. pick up the mm-hmm. defense. Make and then we'll make sure you're in, sh- in shape. And then yeah. when, when it's game time, that's when we need you to be who you are. Um, right. You know, Seattle. Um, Another team that could use him. Um, I, I look at the Carolina Panthers. That was one of the biggest issues they had last year was the pass rush. Um, I know that they. I think now with uh, Matt, with uh, I think the new coach Matt Rule. I think he's running mm-hmm. the forty-three defense now. So they're going they they're going away from the thirty-four they ran last year, which is good. I didn't really like them in the thirty-four anyway. So if they're running yeah. that four-three, that forty-three defense, you can let him play on the edge, and then because you do have because remember they drafted. Um, uh, they drafted, was it, was it year, was it Gross Matos? Yeah. So you have Gross Utah Matos. Gross Matos. You also have Spider uh, Brian yeah. Burns on the other side, who's going into his second year. So when you really think about it, you truly can play Everson Griffin on running downs while you get Utah Gross Matos up to speed. You can play him early on the running downs on the edge, and then kick him in beside Derek Brown. Um, on the interior at that three tech, put you toward gross models. Now you got yourself a true four man pass rush to get after Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, and Drew Brees in your division. So I, I think, like I said, the the, um, the Panthers, um, Detroit could also use them, uh, you know, to help mm-hmm. with their pass rush because you need to get after Kirk Cousins. You need to get <laughs> and think about it. You you take a guy that spent all that time in Minnesota, you bring him into your city. And he got to yep. play against his same team, you know, his former team twice. I'm just saying that, that that's extra incentive. You're going to see a whole different guy the weeks of the, of the Minnesota Vikings games. And he's like, listen, yeah. we, go, we got to shut down and cook down, and then I'm getting after Kirk Cousins. I couldn't touch yep. him in practice. You always hear defensive players when they change teams. I couldn't touch him in practice, but, but I can touch now, him now I can get my hands <laughs> on him. You know, yep. he doesn't, he, he's not wearing that red jersey anymore the way coach is going to – Cuss me out mm-hmm. if, I, if I even if I even breathe on them, you know what I mean. So yep. um, we, we we've seen that. I think it was the uh, was it the the Browns um, training camp practices. 
what's the name of the show? Oh, good. Uh, Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks. I think they missing. They, I think it was a mistake. Someone like tapped the quarterback and or fell on the quarterback mm-hmm. a little bit, and all you can hear is them, the coaches cussing and yelling. Like, leave him alone. Yeah, Don't touch him. him. Don't touch him. The quarterback's mm-hmm. all good. So I think like Everson Griffin is still to me. He's still a walking eight sack. You know, yeah, down. he's still a very good player, and he plays against good against the run. Um, another good, pl- another four three team that likes to get uh get their pressure from their front four, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, yeah, he would fit right yeah, in, yeah. fit right in right there. That like, I mean, he's another good. guy. Yeah, he's another guy. You limit his snaps, and you you rush him on pass rush situations, and I mean, he'll he'll be uh, he'll be very effective. And if you a team and you got young defensive ends, who better to learn from? It's uh he yeah these, these I mean some of these free agents really do bring a lot to the team not so much on the field but in the locker room. You guys don't think he can go back to the Vikings? I don't know how much money I don't know what money he's yeah. looking for and I don't know how much they actually have. They got to yeah. take care of this whole Dalvin Cook situation. They just yeah. re up Kirk Cousins again. Um, granted, yeah they got they did uh, were they were able to release some uh, money off of their books um, with the whole Stephon Diggs trade, but. I don't know. Like that that's uh And the Vikings a got a young guy that they like. This is a young guy, uh, I forget what his name is. He was he was a backup for him last year. He got him like seven sacks. So they I think they like him. So Damien, who's your second guy? this guy he he doesn't have as much production as uh Everson Griffin. Taylor Gabriel, aka Turbo, man. Um in a league right now where speed is at a premium, especially on the offensive end. You know, he still got it, and he still has it. And he runs, he runs good routes. He's electric. He's explosive. He's fast, um, and, and he's a guy that you can bring. He's legitimately a guy you can bring in, throw him into your slot, and just let him let him work. He, you know, what I'm saying that the team for me. I mean, because his best season, no lie, his best season, mind you, he played in Cleveland two years, his first two years in 2014, 2015. Mm-hmm. Okay. How much production was you expecting to get out of him in Cleveland? But he, his first year, his catch rating was literally terrible uh, <laughs> because of the, the quarterback situation. But he, yeah. he caught 36 passes off of 72 targets for 621 yards. He averaged 17 yards reception. You know what I mean? So you, that, yeah. shows it, like, that shows the deep threat ability of his. Um, his best season, though, came in Chicago in 2018. Uh, mm. 688 yards, two touchdowns. Um, you know, better catch rate to 72% uh, catch percentage. But, and I think he accounted for first, he counted for like 34 first downs. So he can move the chains. And then even then he still was dealing with subpar QB play. The perfect place for me, um, for everyone that's complaining about Aaron Rodgers needing, that's just that speed element. Mm-hmm. That's the perfect situation for me. You everyone he's a new knows, Randall Cobb. Exactly. Everyone knows Aaron Rodgers loves the deep ball. He loves to get it downfield. Teams are going to put their best corner and probably a safety over the top of uh, Devontae Adams, right? So when you bring in Turbo, you put him in the slot and use him similar to Randall Cobb. Jump talking, jet sweeps, everything. Underneath routes, intermediate, and, of course, deep routes. And, of course, now with them also running the ball a little bit more, that opens up the play action. So then you get singled up, whether he gets singled up on the safety due to the formation or on, this, on, a, on a corner that just cannot run with him or, mm-hmm. or cover him altogether. You play action that with Aaron Rodgers' ability to launch that ball downfield, 
I'm taking that one on one. I'm taking it all day long if I have it. So for I think the I really want to see him go to the Packers. Um, another team that would be good uh, that I would like to see. I because I'm a Sam Donald fan. Get Sam Donald as many weapons as possible, man. I, was just I think about the to say the Jets. I think the offense will be better. Um, the offensive line. Uh, I think Le'Veon Bell should be better. I, you know, um, depends on how you know how much of how much in shape he really will be. But, mm-hmm. you know, they brought in Brashad Perriman. They have Jameson Crowder. They have Chris Herndon. They brought in um, Denzel Mims and, and I think Luke, Luke, Lucas Cager. And uh, it was an undrafted free agent. But just yeah. get, get Turbo, man. Bring him in there. You know what I'm saying? Allow him to just use him however you see fit. Get creative with him. The wide receiver screens, the bubble screens, all of that, tunnel screens. It's so many different ways to get when you have guys that can r- legit run, you can't like they, we always hear you can't teach speed. So exactly. when you have guys like that that have the speed that can really break a bust a game wide open, I'm trying to get them the football any means necessary. So mm-hmm. if I gotta line him up in the backfield just to motion him out and get him matched up on the linebacker, yeah. that's my first read. I don't care who my quarterback is. That's your first read. I don't care if it's the. I don't care. You got Julio Jones out there. That's my first read. That's, That's your best Rose. matchup. That's your best matchup. Give it to him and let him go. We see him. Listen, go back to that Super Bowl. The route that he put on Malcolm Butler. Mm-hmm. The route, and that wasn't even that was impressed man. That was off coverage. The yeah. route he put on Malcolm Butler. Malcolm Butler was that. out there stumbling like he was drunk. Like, you understand what I'm saying? He, like, he had a little bit too much Hennessy that night because uh, <laughs> Turbo put put it on him. So, that's 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 my guy, man. I think he could be a a good asset for for a, a few teams. Yeah, yeah. His only issue is he's little. That's it. Yeah. I guess that's the only reason why teams are frowning. But even that's becoming less of an issue nowadays. I mean, so he's he's basically your like a vertical slot. He's not your typical slot receiver. That's just like little quick guy. That's going to catch little five-yard passes over the middle. He's not like a Wes Welker type dude or anything like that. He's a vertical slot. So you get him you get him lined up against a nickel cornerback, just have him go on a go route. He's Either one, he's going to beat his man on the go route, or he's going to create a whole bunch of space in the middle of the field. Exactly. I mean, I'm surprised he, ha- he doesn't have a job yet now. Hmm. Well, I'll make sure you guys this. If you are the GM of your favorite team, right, your favorite team, mm-hmm. and I gave you these three options for wide receivers – now you have to consider everything, off the field issues, possible suspensions, any any um, antics or deeper behavior they might exhibit. Out of these three guys, who would you want on your team? Des Bryant, Antonio Brown, or Josh Gordon? What do you say, Eugene? Oh God! I, I'm uh, I know that for Yeah, it ain't gonna be Des. No. No Des. Okay. <laughs> no, no Des. It can't be Des. I can't. Uh, why can't, I, I, why can't it be Dez? What's wrong with Dez me? is washed, man. I mean, <laughs> uh, and honestly, if uh, if uh, all right, say I'm a GM of my favorite team, the Eagles. I already got Dez Bryant and Alshon Jeffrey, a big, strong receiver that can't run. I don't need two of those. <laughs> okay, make sense. <laughs> I don't need two of those. But um, I guess I go Antonio because he's the one I can. He's the only guy I can actually count on to like really play. I mean, Des. I mean, Des will play. He'll give you sixteen games, but it's 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 a 
subpar 16 games. Um, Josh Gordon, I love him to death, but uh, addiction is a, his addiction is a real thing, mm-hmm. and you just can't count on him to be there. Mm-hmm. So I got to go... I got to go Antonio. I mean, and... and no, even with all his antics, everything happened with the Steelers, happened with the Raiders, happened with, with everything. Like, none of that. Okay. Yep, with everything. I take it, I take it all, and I'm and I'm putting the emphasis on my uh, on my locker room. I'm putting mm-hmm. I'm talking to the leaders in my locker room. I'm like, yo, smack this boy in his face if he gets <laughs> stupid, and let me know if he get too stupid. Right. And so that's, I mean, because that's, that's, cause I know what he's going to give me on the field. He's going to give me production on the field. It's just keeping him in check in the locker room. It's keeping mm-hmm. him on a straight line and keeping him with the team so he doesn't become a distraction. Right. I'll put I'll put the pressure on my on the leaders in my locker room to keep him in line more than I'll bet on I'll bet on production from the other guys. Mm-hmm. So Damien, this is gonna be interesting coming from you because your team already had two of these guys. Mm-hmm. So if I'm giving you Des Bryant, A B, Antonio Brown, or Josh Gordon, who are you taking? I love Josh Gordon, uh, one of my favorite players, and I really wish you could have gotten uh, uh, mentally healthy. I know he dealt with a lot after his brother passed, and that's when his addiction really took a turn. Um, yep. Now, like I always tell people, when it comes out to addiction, trauma is always, like nine times mm-hmm. out of ten, trauma is the reason. Something traumatic mm-hmm. happened that triggered someone to start smoking weed and drinking and Doing different things, mm-hmm. so um, no, my prayers out to him. I, I know he, re, I know he uh, is trying to get reinstated, and I hope yeah. you know that he's mentally where he needs to be because he could definitely help a team. Um, mm-hmm. He could definitely help a team. Um, but for me, I would have to go with AB. Even with the off the field antics, I think you know, a, a, from a player standpoint, just on, especially on the field, he's still elite. A.B. walks onto the NFL, plays a 16-game season. He's still going to have 1,300 yards, 10, yep. you know, eight, anywhere from 8 to 10-plus touchdowns. You know what unless I'm saying? He, unless he's on the Ravens. Yo, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's, uh, when I saw the report that you guys were internally talking about, I said those internal discussions need to stop because mm-hmm. A.B. is not going to be up for it. Be like, I'm not blocking 35 to 40% of the snaps. I'm oh, not doing Lord. that. Right. Um, and then at the same time, like we talk about with Lamar Jackson only completing around 33 to 35% of his passes 20 mm-hmm. yards or more. A.B. fed off of that with Big Ben. He's used to that. Even with, mm-hmm. with Tom Brady, he was able to get behind defenses in that one game against the Dolphins. A.B. is not going to be sitting there, be, you know, and not saying that he, he is going, he's not going to win every, every route. So it's going to be mm-hmm. times where you got to put the ball in the money. I can legitimately see A.B. losing his mind on the sideline like mm-hmm. Lamar. Yeah, I'm bro, open. <laughs> like I, that, that pass went 12 yards past me, bro. Like, what's good? Like, what's mm-hmm. going on? You know what I mean? Uh, or it was underthrown. It wasn't put. I just could see that being a problem. Um, yeah. So I would take I would take AB because at the end of the day, we need a number one receiver, and AB loves his numbers, and mm-hmm. he may drive Jared Stidham little self pure team crazy. But he's gonna ruin Jared. <laughs> Jared gonna have PTSD. <laughs> Jared gonna be Jared gonna be in the huddle like none of you guys even matter. I'm looking mm-hmm. to be first every time. Like I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Like you know he's gonna. You know what I'm saying? AB's gonna have that man conditioned to look at me. Your, I'm your first two reads. After that you can go, but I'm your first mm-hmm. two. 
That means you mm-hmm. stay on me longer than anything else. But I think, right? that, I mean, at the end of the day, like I said, we, we our offense needs that. Um, from a from a from a teaching standpoint, he could really help uh, Jacoby Myers and Nikhil Harry. You know, I've seen him work out with Jerry Judy and a lot of these young draft prospects coming in. Um, AB's workouts are ridiculous, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a reason. Like, I I mean, I will say this. I've always called him the Tom Brady of receivers because he practices, plays, mm-hmm. and works out with the chip on his shoulder because mm-hmm. he was like a six-round pick, fifth, six-round pick. And he's worked his way to stardom. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I, I think that he could be a really big benefit to the receivers, helping them get better um, and everything. You know, but again, he he has to come in humble at the end of the day. Josh Josh Gordon would help too, but I think he'll he'll he would be better off with a more veteran quarterback, like going back to Seattle. He goes back to Seattle yeah. with Russell Wilson and DK and Tyler Lockett. I think that's a perfect situation for him because the yeah. quarterback is a leader that's going to give him what he got with Tom Brady. Mm-hmm. Josh Gordon loved and adored Tom Brady and Julian Edelman because they took him in like family. Russell Wilson, yeah. DK, those boys are the same thing. If you check their Instagram, they're commenting to each other, all that. He needs he needs that home. Anybody mm-hmm. that, that battles addiction needs a, a home. That support and system. That support system. So I think he'll be better off in some place like Seattle. Yeah. I think AB is an obvious choice when you just look at talent-wise. Um, mm. for, for most people, you're going to go with that first. For me, with the Ravens being my favorite team, I just feel like he would be – he would demand too much. Yeah. yeah, and I feel like I feel like our core players that we have right now are still young, and we don't like if Joe Flacco was still here, I would be all for AB. But when you have a young quarterback like Lamar, and we're we're more geared to doing what works for Lamar right now, it's mm-hmm. not to say that it won't change because I don't know what you know. The way the offensive coordinator is talking is like he want to do all of this, you know, open things up. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll Same thing he did with Kaepernick. Right? Yeah, yeah. I, believe, I believe it when I see it. And, and it's not to say that I don't think Lamar can do it, but like I said, I'll believe it when I see it. Because to me, A.B. is like having um, Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And even though A.B. is still better, he's been working with his cousin, and, and they're bas- they basically can be the same player. And Lamar already has chemistry with Hollywood, so we don't need A.B. coming in trying to demand more attention or demand the ball or, being, mm-hmm. or like you guys said, being upset because we're running too much and asking him to block. So that wouldn't benefit him or us. Yeah. And you don't want him to stunt the growth for the young guys. No. Yeah. And my, my fear for Josh with Josh Gordon is, to me, I've always said it's something about him in football. And I don't know what football is good for him because it seems like he can get clean to come back, but every time he comes back, he's getting suspended again because he didn't done – I don't and I don't even know what he's using. So I don't even feel comfortable saying what it is. I don't know what he's been doing. Yeah. But I know that he's been doing something to get himself suspended. So it makes me wonder, why is it when you're playing football, you're using, but then you can not use to be reinstated? So to me, mm-hmm. football might be his crutch, and he might need it taken away from him to, to really work on himself. Because it's something there to me that you keep getting clean, then you fall off. Get clean, fall. You know, and, and to me right mm-hmm. now, the only thing I'm saying is football is the reason why he can't shake that. So then it leaves Des Bryant. And I think Des Bryant would be a good pickup for us because – we would only need him in certain situations. I'm not asking mm-hmm. you to be the number one. You can be a good red, red zone target. Um, you're a solid, solid, can be a solid, um, a solid receiver, kind of like Anquan Bolden when he was here for us, like, you know, um, in big moments, tough catches, things like that. Um, I think having like him and Mark Andrews and, and Hollywood and 
They want to add Wiggins and even Snead. I mean, that, I think that would be a good core with a Des Bryant. And based on what we do and what we would ask of him. Um, so that's why I would pick Des Bryant over the other two. I like that. Makes sense. Makes sense. Makes yeah. sense, yeah. yeah. So, speaking of my Ravens, mm. who won the AFC North back-to-back, mm. back-to-back champions. Mm. <laughs> Take that, Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about the AFC North and their draft picks. Um as usual we we do the best pick, most surprising pick, and then the biggest sleeper in the AFC North. So Damien, I'll start with you. Who was the best pick to you in the AFC North? Hmm. Best pick in the AFC North, man. I mean I know I won't I know pretty much everybody's like it's gotta be Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's that's what most people are thinking. It's got to be Joe. That's Burton. the obvious answer. Right, that's the obvious answer. Um, I don't know if that's the answer I'm gonna go with though. Um, cause yeah, they they needed Joe Burrow. They really yeah. needed Joe Burrow. <laughs> they need more than Joe Burrow. <laughs> they really needed Joe Burrow, man. But for me, <clears throat> in the NFC North. I'm actually going to go with it's, it's a fight between the Browns and the, and the Ravens right now. Um, I, I'm going to go with the Browns. Jedrick Wills. Um, anybody that, that, that watched the Browns play, the offensive line, you had Greg Robinson as your left tackle. Bruh. That should never be the case. <clears throat> so, Greg Robinson did not play up to the, to, to the standard or quality of play to help protect his quarterback, they ran the ball just fine. Nick Chubb had a, bro- a breakout year. <clears throat> but at the same time, when it's time to pass the ball, that's where the, the, you know, the offensive line is really needed. And they just could not, you know, Baker seeing ghosts. Baker was hearing footsteps. Baker was not comfortable. Um, I was listening to Lincoln Riley talk on uh, the Moose Stick podcast, and he said they asked him how did he help Baker develop um, he said, well, one thing we talked about was solidifying your footwork. Yes, Baker has a big arm. He has a strong arm. He can make all the throws. But he said, leading in, he saw Baker in practice throwing off his back foot, going throwing off one foot, you know, throwing off multiple platforms. He's like, no, get your feet together, solidify them, and watch how more accurate you will be. You go back to Baker's first year, and that's what we saw. We saw a yep. polished Baker, we saw good footwork, you know, good decision for the most part. Um, and then you fast forward to 2019, coming in with all the hype, the offensive line didn't help. Baker did not feel comfortable. We saw a lot of passes off his back foot. That was yep. a re- – it was repetitive at the at, – at, it became a repetitive thing mm-hmm. at one point. And I'm just like, man, like he's throwing off his back foot a lot and it's taking – Steam off the ball because why he has a big arm, he doesn't have Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers or Matthew yeah. Stafford type arms. You can't yeah. be making those throws just yeah. you know all willy nilly off one leg and no, that's not what we want for you. So bringing in Kevin Stefanski and that that uh, that that running game, that uh, wide zone uh, zone stretch run scheme, outside zone that we saw in uh, Minnesota, they're gonna bring that. Baker's gonna be really good off the play action, but you have to protect him. Jedrick Wills may have been the most polished or second most polished tackle yeah. in this in this draft. N- not not even to mention the fact that they got Jack Conklin for, in my opinion, peanuts. Exactly. They didn't even pay him a whole lot of money. And exactly. they got Jack Conklin, who's one of the better right tackles in football. So the best mm-hmm. the best pick to me was uh Jedrick Wills because 
it was like, like I said, I get that Joe Burrow was a huge need for the Bengals. But the Browns have their quarterback. They got two running backs. They got three, four receivers. They got five tight ends. They got a solid defense. They needed <laughs> yep. to upgrade the offensive line and, and protect Baker's blind side. Jedrick Wills would do just that. Yep. And Eugene, what do you think? Best pick of the AFC North? Um, yeah, I would say, um, I mean, Joe Burrow is the obvious answer. So that's, mm-hmm. that's the low-hanging fruit. I would say the Ravens getting J.K. Dobbins. I mean, I really like J.K. Dobbins, and I think, um, I think, however they get him the ball, he's going to be productive. Uh, the Ravens, you know, they historically have been a power running team, a strong running team, and he just he just fits perfectly into that mold. And not only that, you can you can you can toss him some swing passes. You can get him out of the backfield. He can catch some balls out of the backfield, and he's 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 just that home run threat to go along with the power that he has running the ball. I think he's just going to make that that running game so dynamic. I think that's the best the best pick of the whole of of this uh, division. Hmm. Okay. And Eugene, who do you think is the most surprising pick of the AFC North? Uh, let's see. Let's pull up the Steelers draft. <laughs> let's see. I mean, most surprising pick. I mean, right there, second round. Uh, Chase Claypool. In the second round, I mean, granted, I give the Steelers the benefit of the doubt because they know how to draft wide receivers. I mean, mm-hmm. you can go back years; they know what they're doing when they draft in wide receivers. Yeah. But I look at Chase Claypool, and I think he's typically not the the mold that they like to draft. So my question is, how are they going to use him? Are they going to use him in a different way, or are they going to use him like they use? I mean, or are they going to use him like they use Deontay uh, Johnson, which I doubt. So I gotta see. I I, I got a question. What what's the plan when he, when you get a guy like Chase Claypool in the second round? You have to you have to have a plan for him there. And plus, you already got Deontay Johnson, and you got Juju there already, and you got James Washington. Where does he fit in? Is he going to take one of their jobs, mm-hmm. or is he? Or do you uh, plan on using him in another type of role, like a tight end, maybe? Mm-hmm. So it's just it's a, it's questionable because I don't right off the bat see the fit where uh, where they're going to use him at. So I'll say that's that's the most surprising pick. What what do you buy into the talk that was out there about um, the Steelers not resigning Juju? Like um, reason why it could be, uh, but you know contract negotiations that's they're very fluid. So I mean it I don't see how Juju has done anything to to sour the organization on him. I mean, he's still a solid receiver unless they just think, unless they just treat him like, you know, how they treat all the other receivers, use them and let them walk. That's usually what they do because they, they're so confident in their ability to draft wide receivers. I mean, cause you look at Mike Wallace, Antonio Holmes, Martavius Bryant, they use their wide receivers, their rookie deal, and then they let them walk. Mm-hmm. So they might do the same thing with Juju. I would think that maybe he's done enough to earn a second contract, but, you never know what he's demanding either. So, right. um, I remember when they let uh, Mike Wallace go. Like Ladarius Webb was saying back in like 2009 or 10, it, it was early on. He was saying he always said that Antonio Brown was better than um, Mike Wallace. Mm-hmm. And I, I, think with, I think with the Steelers, sometimes they can let guys go because they already see what they have, right? Mm-hmm. Like you just said. Yeah. But with Ju- but I think it might be something to that Juju. Like Juju's a nice guy. Don't get me wrong. Like he's a nice guy. 
But we all saw how a lot of Steelers fans felt like they didn't need a B or Bell because they had him and Connor. Mm-hmm. And I think that last year we saw that he's better as a number two. Exactly. He's not. He's not that great if he's if you're going to depend on him as your number one. Um. So then that's that's what made me think. Well, maybe it is some truth to, um. You know, the the, the contract talks. I mean, I don't know what he's going to um demand or want. Mm-hmm. If it's reasonable, I'm sure they'll sign him. You know, he's a good yeah. guy to have on the team. But it just maybe that's why they they picked up that um pick him. Yeah, up I would say. Room. Yeah, I say probably covering their bases just in case things go south with Juju. Yeah. They probably they maybe can try try Claypool as like another big slot. Mm-hmm. So what do you think, Damian? Most surprising pick of the AFC North? <clears throat> Most surprising pick from me goes to your Ravens, Devin Duvernay. Um, mm-hmm. I think that was what third round. Mm-hmm. That's a little rich, a little high for my blood. Um, and and because for me. I wanted to see you guys personally draft what I, I like. I call them area code receivers. Those big six three, six four. I need, don't get me wrong. I know you guys have Miles Boykins, but that's why I wanted you to draft another guy because I just don't know if Miles Boykin is going to take that next step. Um, right. I, you know, yeah, he ran a good forty at the at, at the combine, but he is a pure build up speed guy. Uh, slow at the line of scrimmage when it comes down to, to beating press coverage and. He doesn't have multiple releases, but when you, I was looking at a guy like AGG, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, the Gandy man. I was looking at him and his ability. Like, he, to me, truly would have been a perfect weapon for, mm-hmm. for Lamar Jackson. You want to improve that accuracy, that, that, the accuracy, not so much the accuracy, but the numbers aspect of those downfield throws and those right, right. outside throws. You have a guy that can go up and get it. Uh, mm-hmm. And a guy that, you know, you just... We, we've seen this for so long with, with, with bigger receivers. We've we seen it in Denver last year. Joe Flacco had so much confidence, him and Drew Locke, with Cortland Sutton. He's like, listen, this 6'4", 6'4", 6'4", 6'5", kid, I trust him. I'm going to throw it up there to him and let him go up there and get it. Let him climb the ladder and, and, and grab it. And, and that's what AGG brings. Uh, you know, you see Colin Johnson. There's a couple different guys in this draft that they could have um, selected. I, you know, to me that was a shocking pick because you guys decided to go with a more smaller, stiff hip, speed receiver. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. He, he, for him to be so, to him for him to be so short, he's compact, uh, low center yeah. of gravity, but it's hit, he, he's got really stiff hips. He's not the best mm-hmm. route runner, and he doesn't beat press coverage at the efficiency that you would hope for someone with his size and his dimensions. Yes. So, yep. so then it's like, well. Uh, because Lamar is a timing passer. You know, you go back and look at that offense last year, it was set up off the run, and off the run, then it's the timing. Okay, we play action. We read option it. Lamar pulls it out. Lamar puts the ball where it needs to go, usually between the hashes to the tight ends um, and underneath, and then he'll occasionally hit you uh, with, with someone like Hollywood Brown's just wide open. He just tossed it up there because he trusts Hollywood. He needs someone that he can trust, and that was the right. thing for me. Devin Duvernay is not going to help that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. His speed will help. That's that's mm-hmm. always the case. You know, you always want to get as much speed as possible. We talk about that. But for an offense where your quarterback truly needs, I mean, for himself, he needs to work on his footwork and, still, dear God, step into throws. Mm. Lamar Jackson, I'm going to start calling him Lamar Vic. 
because he's mm. not stepping into throws. He's just letting it go all arms. And while Can't he led the arm. league with touchdowns last year, there's a reason why he he only completed 33% of his deep balls because he's mm. not stepping into them. But again, having a, having a bigger target that he can trust. Miles Boykins also doesn't play big, play as big as his body. Mm-hmm. He plays small to me. And if you can get a guy, if you could have drafted a guy in the third or fourth round, to me, I'm going to tell you, if they could have gotten, granted, what, what round did the Steelers take uh, Chase Claypool? Second. Second. Now, so he wasn't there. But if Chase Claypool was there, that was to be the perfect pick to me because he's got the speed, he's got the physicality, and he's got the ability to go up and get the football. So for me, I think the the Devin Duvernay pick really just really left me scratching my head. Mm-hmm. And Damian, who do you think is going to be the biggest sleeper in the AFC North? Biggest sleeper? I'm going to go to the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to go over to, to Cincinnati. I'm going to give them Cincinnati Bengals some love here. And I'm going to go after with... You uh, left, after you left them high and dry, you want to give them some love, man? Yeah, I give yeah. them love. You know, it's called charity. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's called charity. I'm sorry. Me, me and Kyler Murray got a special connection. I'm sorry, Joe Burrow. Um, you know what I mean? Me and K1, you know what I'm saying? We, you know, we, we, we got a special connection over there in Arizona. Um, I'm, I'm looking at the linebacker position, and I'm looking at the third round, Logan Wilson from Wyoming. Logan Wilson is a true three-down linebacker, and I wouldn't be surprised if him, if him and uh, ADG, uh, Keen Davis-Gaither, are both starting at some point together this season. The Bengals needed to get better on the second level when it comes down to those linebackers. Uh, get, like I said, we always talk about get away from the bigger, just pl- slow-foot, plodding, heavy linebackers. Mm-hmm. You got to get guys that can cover Logan Wilson one of the better covers linebackers in this draft. Uh, he can move sideline to sideline. He's got good speed, good instincts, and seems like he be a student of the game. And that really will help them because their D-line, I think, is solidified. I think D-line is fine. Carlos Dunlap and those boys, you know, Atkins can get after the passer. Sam Hubbard, and if they, can find, if they can get Carl Lawson back to who he was in 2018, 2017, where he's, you know, seven, eight sacks and just just really getting after the quarterback. Yeah. That's going to speed up quarterbacks, uh, their, their internal clocks, force them mm-hmm. to get the ball out their hands. And you, when you have someone like a Logan Wilson, you need somebody uh, at the linebacker position, you need a guy that can go out there and make them pay for that. Dropping off in the coverage, that ball's coming out hot. He, he's able to, to read the routes and make plays on it. So um, I think he is probably the sleeper pick for me because I really think he can have a pretty big impact on this defense. Okay. And Eugene, who do you think? Biggest sleeper in the AFC North? Um, biggest sleeper. I, I actually got two guys. Um, one with the with the Bengals, uh Khalid Kareem, the defensive end. Um, you can uh you can even as a backup, uh, you know, designated pass rusher, he's a big strong kid and he's a very athletic and he's gonna get a chance to play early on. And he just he can get he really can get after the quarterback. So I'm I'm looking at uh, opportunity. So I'm thinking with the, with the Bengals, he's definitely going to have an opportunity to play to get up, to get after the quarterback, and I think he's going to be productive in uh, in whatever and whatever snaps that they can give him. Uh, the other guy I think uh, is going to be a sleeper is is uh, Anthony McFarland with uh, Pittsburgh. The way they got, I can see them doing a, like a little thunder and lightning thing with Connor. And McFarlane, because McFarlane is super fast. 
Um, he's a little guy, only five eight, but he's not he's not uh he's not a skinny dude. He's he's over two hundred pounds, so he can handle the pounding. But he's very fast. He can he can catch passes out of the backfield. He can take he can take uh snaps straight up the middle too. Not a whole lot of them, but he can do it. Um, I think he's going to be a very very productive player early on, and um, especially how the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers how they run the ball, how they like to how they can like get right behind David DeCastro and have him open up holes for him. He he can get north and south, and with the speed that he has, he can bust off a lot of long runs. So um, now we'll go through each team and speak on each draft, their draft picks and what you guys think about those. Looking at the AFC North last year, I'll be the first to say the, our division was trash. Like, mm. <laughs> I mean, the Ravens, I mean, the Ravens were, you know, we did what we did, um, but it was 8 and 8, 6 and 10, 2 and 4. Like, come on now. Mm. I'm used to it being more competitive. But we'll start with uh, the Bengals, who Damian left behind dry. Huh. <laughs> They won, went two and fourteen, had the number one pick. So, Damian, what did you think about the Bengals and their draft picks? The Bengals really knocked it out of the park. They did a great job. You get your quarterback, but also understanding that your receiving core is, has to take that next step, and you have to turn the corner. AJ Green is a phenomenal player, but he's battled injuries a lot. And to me, I I view T Higgins in a lesser version of AJ Green actually. And so now T. Higgins gets to go into camp and learn from A.J. Green. So you have mm-hmm. T. Higgins and Auden Tate and Tyler Boyd and John Ross. If, if John Ross can stay healthy, John Ross started on fire last year. Then he got hurt. Yeah. If he mm-hmm. can stay healthy, he could be a legit player in that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like I said, Logan Wilson, Akeem Gaither's, uh, uh, Davis Gaither, helping that defensive uh, secondary, uh, that second level of that defense with the linebacker, getting speed and coverage ability and not just that, but the ability to, if you want to send these guys, you can send them and they can get home quick on the blitz. Like, like Eugene talked about Khalid Kareem, uh, Akeem Adeniji to help with the, mm-hmm. you know, depth at the offensive line. And then uh, I shouldn't name him my sleeper pick. Marcus Bailey. Marcus Bailey is, was the a seventh round, the seventh round, a quality mm-hmm. talented linebacker. He can drop like, you know, he can, he can cover, he can blitz. And when he's healthy, mm-hmm. he has the speed sideline the sideline as well. So mm-hmm. they did a good job addressing so many needs. They drafted three linebackers. And last year they drafted two. Uh, so that lets you know that they are doing their best to improve that defense as a mm-hmm. whole. Um, so big shout out to them. I, I really think they did a great job in this draft. Joe Burrow, it's crazy. Joe Burrow faced, T, faced Clemson. and He was across the sidelines with T. Higgins in the national yeah. championship. Now he gets to throw to him for possibly five to seven plus years. Right. And what did you think, Eugene, about the Bengals and their Um, Yeah, they did very well. They got – you look at – you go right down the line, they got value at every pick mm-hmm. right on down the line. I mean, yeah, for, I mean, you got – you know, you got your quarterback uh, for the next uh, 10 years in Joe Burrow. And the second round, you get him a weapon in mm-hmm. T. Higgins. And, then, and now you help your defense out with all those linebackers. And not only in the fourth round you get Hakeem, no, in I'm sorry, in the sixth round you get Hakeem Adeniji. You solidify two positions because he can back you up at the left tackle position, he can back you up at the left guard position, or he could be your starting guard eventually. So you got depth depth behind uh, behind your starters. So they beefed up the trenches. They got weapons for their quarterback. They found their quarterback, and they got 
I mean, you got you drafted three linebackers. You're trying to solidify the position. You don't expect all three to hit, but maybe you get one really good one, or maybe you get two out of three solid players. So they they tripled up at the position. There, somebody's going to pan out there. So you're solidifying that position for the next couple of years. And the, and the thing about it is, they're all very talented players. I had each and every one of these players high, rated higher than where they were drafted. So I believe they got a, a ton of value at every pick that they got. Yep. So, Eugene, what do you think about the Browns and their trade? The Browns, like, anytime you solidify your offensive line, especially at the tackle position, you do. You did all right. Um, I like I like the pick of Grant Delpit in the in the second round. Um, maybe he wasn't the uh, the top ten hype like he started out to be, but he's still a good cover safety. You can put him in your single high and have and let him use his range the uh, the best of his ability to you know. In that young secondary, um, you got Jordan Elliott. You got depth on on your defensive line, especially at your defensive tackle position. He's a very talented player. Once the coaches get hands on him and coach him up, he should be a, a solid player for them. Uh, tight end in the fourth round, Harrison Bryant. He's going to help out a lot. I think he. They got a bunch of uh, tight ends there. I think he's going to uh, be one of the cream that rises to the top. I think he's. I think he's going to be a solid player. In the fifth round, again, adding more to the trenches, uh, Nick Harris. And they got a steal in Donovan Peoples-Jones in the sixth round. He's got all the measurables of some of the top wide receivers. He just doesn't have the hype. He doesn't have the uh, production, the hip fluidity or the production that the other guys do. But he's an athlete. And, at, I mean, at worst, you can put him back there on kickoffs and let him return kicks. Mm-hmm. Uh, year one, so they got yeah they got serious value in uh, all of their picks, but they really helped themselves out in the first round, and, and pretty much in free agency with pairing Jedrick Wills and Jack Conklin together. Now you got you're solid at the tackle positions, and that's just going to be a domino effect that helps everybody on the offense. Okay, and Damian, what did you think about the Browns and their draft? The Browns did well, like, you know, as as Eugene just alluded to, going down the the list of picks, getting Wills was perfect, uh, you know. And, and solidify the offensive line. Grant Delpit, and you think about the fact that their their secondary, you know, Grant Delpit can be that single high, and his corners will be Denzel Ward and his former teammate Greedy, Greedy, Greedy Williams. And so that improving the defense in that regard is big because of, if they're able to continue to generate pressure, it's going to force QBs to, like I said, hot, you know, make those hot throws and make throw, bad throws into coverage. You know, we see QBs panic all the time. Uh, so, uh, mm-hmm. you know, guys, the guys are going to put the ball up. And like I said, when you, especially in, in the division with Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow didn't face a whole ton of pressure, a lot of pressure mm-hmm. in college, uh, you know, his final year. Um, and even when he did, he was good. He was good against it. The NFL mm-hmm. is a whole different level. And you're going up against NFL corners now, NFL safeties, NFL D linemen. It's going to be a, a, an adjustment period. So, uh, Grant Dub is going to be huge. Jordan Elliott is something they need—a a, a, a guy with some juice and twitch in his lower half to shoot off the, the shoot off the ball, the, you know, and try to penetrate the gaps and, and, and get into the backfield against the run, but especially versus the pass, move quarterbacks off their spot um, and stop them from being comfortable in, um, just sitting there. Yeah, because as a quarterback, you can let if your tackles can push those edge guys. By you, you will step up all day. But if a guy, if you have Jordan Elliott and some of these uh, kind of twitchy 
interior defensive tackles, if they can win and push the pocket, they can't step up. They got to go around now. And then that helps your edge. And with Miles Garrett coming back, he's going to be happy off a contract. He's a physical freak. It's just, yeah. you know, it's, it sets up for them really nicely defensively. Uh, Jacob Phillips will help with the linebacker depth. Um, Nick Harris, man, uh, they, they're going to run that, that, that zone scheme, that zone run scheme, wide zone. Nick Harris can kind of take those reps and be that backup center to where if he does come in, you don't miss a beat because he can do his thing and help slide and then move to the second level and help the running back, give them that cutback lane or the line, the lane to cut up to. Um, and Donovan Peoples-Jones, just such an athletic guy. I'm putting him right beside um, Jarvis Landry. Put him right beside Juice. Bless mm-hmm. him. Bless him. Hope Jarvis mm-hmm. Landry can, can you know, because he was getting through to Antonio Callaway. Antonio Callaway just couldn't get himself together. But, you know, help him with his route running. Help him just become a pro. And I think you really could see him blossom into a good player. So they did a good job. They did a good job. So I'll ask the question I've asked, you know, on other episodes. And I'm going to ask it for the Bengals and the Browns. Based on who they have and based on who they added, do you see the Bengals winning four more games? Do you see the Browns winning six or more games? Eugene, what do you think? Um, see, Browns won six games last year. Mm-hmm. They not winning another six. They well, still wait, uh, not even not even six. I meant to say twelve because we say double. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you see the Browns winning twelve and can you see the Bengals winning four? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Bengals almost have to win another four game, four games. <laughs> I mean, they have to. I'll, I'll say they they can double that. Matter of fact, I'll say they'll triple that. They'll go six and ten. But um. But the uh, that's a large jump for the Browns to go from six wins to twelve wins. Yeah, it is. That's that's. I mean, somebody's just going to really have to explode as mm-hmm. a player for that to happen. Um, well, they say Odell healthy now this year. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, he's got the surgery. He's got he's healthy now. And Baker may quiet. Baker Baker's Baker's kind of zoned in, man. I I, I, yeah. I got a I got an eerie feeling about that. Yeah, but that's that's when he plays his best. Yeah, it is. When it, that's when that's why I said. That's why I said that he, he's he's quiet. He's been humbled. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? He went through that beating last year it, via the media, the fans, and on the field. Mm-hmm. I think Baker's mm-hmm. gonna make a whole different player next year. Yeah. yeah. So what, do you, what do you think, um, Damien? You think they can double their wins for next season? I think Nine the Browns. I, <laughs> 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 I think I think the Browns. Um, I think they can. I think they could get to. Uh, to 12 wins. But like, like Eugene said, like everything would have to be just like the perfect storm for them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like they have to gel. If they gel, I think it could, it could do a lot for them. If they can gel, I'm talking mm-hmm. offensively and defensively. Right. Cause like I said, you have players, um, you know, and, and help stay healthy. Like I swear yeah. to you, it was probably about four or five straight weeks. They didn't have their two young star corners out there. They didn't yeah. have their two corners out there. They had their third and fourth and fifth corners starting. No, if right. guys can stay healthy, Miles Garrett doesn't hit anybody else with helmets. Like we're good, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I think, I think Miles Garrett. I truly, I'm, I'm putting him up there. I think he'll be in the defensive player consideration this year. We have a full season. I think he had, in that defensive player of the year conversation. I think he will be one of those candidates. He is that darn it. good. He is that freaky of an athlete and. and and his abilities. So I could see them getting 12, but I will say that they'll probably be more around 
ten and six. I think that that's probably where they'll fall for the first year. Because remember, they do have a new head coach, yeah, um, and everything. So I think they'll be more. I think they can get closer to ten and six and be one of those wild uh, that last wild card team. Gotcha. Um, so moving on to the Pittsburgh almost Steelers. And I say almost because their fans always saying we almost made the playoffs. We almost made the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> That's all oh God! They almost had a good draft. <laughs> almost. So Damien, Damien, what did you think about the Steelers and their draft? Okay. Um. The Steelers draft is solid, right? So I love Anthony McFarlane. I. I'm telling you straight up. I feel like they should make it an open competition. I know James Conner out there flexing on Instagram mm-hmm. and social media, but his big back and he's gotten stronger. <laughs> nah. I, I, I feel you, bro. I, I love James Conner, man. Big I was a big fan of him. You know, <laughs> that's a, and that's exactly why <laughs> he stays hurt. Um, <laughs> so, but you know, as much as, I, as much of a fan I am of him, I'm a. I love Anthony McFarlane, and I think it's time to convert to the to the new age. Like I said, speed. Speed, speed. Yes. Anthony McFarlane not only has that four-four speed, he's aggressive. He's a physical runner. Mm-hmm. So, and he can catch the ball in the backfield too. So, he is more of a three-down backer than what James Conner is, or what uh, uh, what's the kid Samuel? Uh, whatever. Jalen Samuel. Jalen Samuel. Uh, or yeah. Benny Snell. Benny Snell is a slow potting three yards in the cloud of dust type of running back. You know, snail, uh, snail, snail, mm. not snail, snail, because mm. uh, <laughs> he is slow. Um, yes. You know, I, like I said, Chase Claypool, I'm, I'm going to give him the chance. Uh, I'm going to give I'm going to give him a solid grade on that pick because they do so well with receivers. They have Je- they had James Washington being productive last year. You know how hard that is. <laughs> That's a running back playing receiver. Like, oh, man. shout out to them, man. That coaching staff did a great job. Uh, Alex Highsmith, I think he he is a, he's somebody I'm looking at uh, going forward because Bud Dupree's come, going on. He's he's franchise tag right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what type of money he's going to want. If he has another eight to ten sacks, he's going to want good money. Big money. They, you know what I'm saying? They also got to pay both their tackles on the offensive line. Um, mm-hmm. So we don't know if, if Big Ben's going to come back in 2021. If he doesn't, then that opens up some money. If he does, that keeps money. On, 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 in the cap, so it's just you know for them it's like I don't think they can pay uh, Bud Dupree possibly what he wants. So Alex Hodgson may be the guy that they groom to take over that spot across from T.J. Watt, um, mm-hmm. Kevin Dotson to help the interior offensive line. Antoine, uh, Antoine Brooks Jr. Kind of I think he'll be more of a that strong safety, strong safety linebacker, type. yeah, that, that hybrid, and then Carlos Davis from Nebraska. They lost uh, Javon Hargrave. They did bring in. Uh, they, they got Chris Wormley from uh, the, you know, that trade with you guys, I believe. But they need someone to come in and be that that nose tackle for mm-hmm. them. I think Carlos Davis could do that uh, with some grooming. So they had a solid draft. Their draft is going to be graded so much more so in about two to three years. Yeah. Because if the players that they pick don't hit, this is going to be a terrible draft. Yeah. What do you think, Eugene? Um, yeah, you can't like we can't like all of these drafts, and this no. this this one you gotta. This is one of these drafts you gotta revisit it three years down the line because they took Chase Claypool when you got Van Jefferson and Denzel Mims still on the board. Only reason why that pick didn't get killed is because it's the Steelers and they know how to draft wide receivers. 
So maybe they see something that that we don't see. We you know we just gotta wait and see with that. For I mean me personally, I wouldn't have did that. I would have went another route. Uh, Alex Highsmith, uh, Kevin Dotson, Antoine Brooks, Carlos Davis, all those give you depth immediately, and you're projecting a role for them in the future. I don't think they give you anything immediately year one. Uh, Anthony McFarlane's probably going to be the gem of this draft. I think he's going to be the guy that you see production from year one and going forward. I think he's really going to uh, have a good start to his career uh, in Pittsburgh. So this draft is like you can't you can't like it right now, but you got but we'll look ahead in like a couple of years, we'll say, okay, they really had a good draft. They, they showed some foresight there. But right now, it's just a whole bunch of question marks. And granted, you got some depth, but you didn't you didn't add anything to your team immediately. Mm-hmm. And um, what was that first round pick? I didn't hear you guys say. Oh, they didn't have one. <laughs> Man, no, no, no. Didn't have one. They, 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 they spent that pick on Minka, which was a great move. Great move. Yeah. Uh, makers, well, uh, let me let me make sure this. Let me make sure this. When it when it happened, I don't remember what the what the Steelers' record was, but Big Ben was hurt, right? Thanks. Right. So. so yeah. When they made that trade, did you all feel like then like that was a great trade, saying as though like how their season was going at that point, like because basically it seemed like making that trade was like we're still trying to compete for this season, even though we just lost our quarterback and everything else. So I felt guys, I felt like they should then, have tanked. That's what I felt like. They should have. I felt like they should. The same thing I felt that the Falcons should have done: embrace the tank, get a top five pick, and you know what I'm saying. Worst case scenario for the Steelers, no lie. If they tanked, like just say, you know what, we got. Which they, I mean, it would be true. They had really bad QB play. If they mm-hmm. just tanked it and didn't try to make the play, I'm not, I get it. The goal is to make the playoffs and give yourself a chance. But let's be completely honest. Even if they snuck into the playoffs, they had no chance of yeah. beating these top teams in the playoffs. Kansas mm-hmm. City was going to run them. Baltimore, they going into Baltimore again, go, was going to run them. Like, it, it just, no. Okay? No. Um, I, the Titans were going to run over them. Like, it, it just wasn't going to be good. The, the QB position was just so bad. So, yeah. they could have tanked. And honestly, <laughs> they could have wound up with a plethora of yeah. elite prospects that were in the top yeah. mm-hmm. of that draft class. I'm talking Chase Young, uh, mm-hmm. Derek Brown. They could have had any of these guys, right? So, yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know, that's the thing for me. Is just like when they, when it happened, I was just like, man, like if you know, if if everything's everything, everybody's healthy. Yes, great move <laughs> because you got a chance for your offense to put up points, and then Minka and his game changing plays on defense helps mm-hmm. increase your offensive capabilities and opportunities. Right. But, yeah, no, not, not when they first made the trade, I was like, I, I mean, I, I hated it because I was like, man, I'm, you know, Mink is my guy. I don't want him in that stupid jersey. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? But I understood it. You know, I understood what they were trying to do. Yeah. Unfortunately. I mean, I guess for me, I was just like, I'm like I was like what you just said, like embrace the tank. Because when you, to me, when you, when you're basically middle of the middle of the ground with your draft picks, not to say you can't get better, but it's kind of hard to get better. And then you have an aging quarterback. So for me, when when Big Ben went down, and then you didn't even try to get a, a serviceable quarterback to to take his place, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have traded my first round draft pick. Now don't get it twisted, Minka was good for them, but what did that get you? No first round pick in eight and eight. 
So then, and then when you just have a draft, now you guys are saying we'll be able to tell in three years on the line. So it's like in three years on the line, will makeup still be a good pick? I guess we'll have to wait and see, right? We'll have to see. Yeah, yeah that's right. true. Um, yeah. So moving on to the Baltimore Ravens, 14 and 2. Damien, what did you think about the Ravens in their draft? The Ravens killed it, man. Patrick Queen, J.K. Dobbins, Justin Medabuke, Justin Medabuke uh, mm. from uh, Texas A&M. Devin DuVernay was, like I said, I think it was a reach, but it was a it, solid player. Uh, Malik Harrison helps against the run game. He's a liability in coverage, though. Tight hips. Um, he's kind of that bigger, stronger, physical linebacker. He's a two-down guy for me. Um, old yeah, old school. Tyree Phillips, uh, you know, solid depth on the on the offensive line. Uh, uh, ben Bredesen from Michigan, another uh, solid pick. Broderick Washington helps the interior D line. James Porsche, y'all, good pick. And late for where they got him, the value was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Still another small receiver, but you know he's shifty. Great hands, uh, you know, just legit hands. Um, you know, if once he gets, once he gets into coverage and into his route, he can run routes. He can separate. It's against mm-hmm. press coverage is where he struggles. Um, mm-hmm. And then Geno Stone in the seventh round. Um, kind of, I think he'll be a special teams guy probably early on, but he can kind of be that hybrid, you know, safety linebacker, um, you know, play that type of role, uh, maybe a Viper role. Depends on how, you know, depends on how they want to use him. Uh, not too sure yet, but with this draft class, I mean, the goal is to get better. And the Ravens did that. Patrick mm-hmm. Queen was a steal to me in, in, in where they got him as yeah. he was ranked, you know, he was technically ranked higher than Kenneth Murray in a lot of uh, a lot of draft circles. Yeah, you know, and, and for him to fall that far, I I didn't understand it. Getting J.K. Dobbins in the second was a complete and utter shock to me because I was like, I, I figured you guys would get a running back, but I was like, man, Not he failed to. I, that's mm-hmm. the to be completely honest. That was the, that's who I thought the the Steelers should have taken. In the second round, he fit with the he fits the, the entire mm-hmm. mold of that city, physical, right. hard nosed, aggressive. Just I think, mm-hmm. they, and I think a lot of their fans wanted them too. Yeah, a, a lot of them did. Oh yeah, and they and they they decided to go and get Chase Claypool, which if it works out fine, but that should have been the pick because you could have gotten the receiver later. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, Justin mm-hmm. Medabuke, I like him a lot for you guys. Um, uh, you know. He's not the biggest D tackle. He's twitched up in the in the, in the lower half. Uh, will explode off the line. Physical, strong. And if you watch him at the combine doing the the, the D line drills, they yeah. the, the figure eight drill. He was killing. Move, it. So he move. was moving like and so mobile and, and and fluid. So like I said, you guys did a you guys did a really good job. Really good job. And Eugene, what did you think about the Ravens and Andre? Yeah, the first two picks do it for me. I mean that's. You're getting bang for your buck immediately with those two picks. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're getting a high-level uh, starting linebacker that's going to fly around and make plays for you. And you're getting a running back that you can, like, right off the back, we, well, you can give him 20 carries in a game if you feel like it. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin uh, Matabuke, he is – he's raw. He's raw right now, but he's a, he's a, he's a very physically gifted player. Um, give him a year to uh, coach him up, and he's going to be a problem. Um, Devin Duvernay, I think it's going to be a solid receiver for y'all. He's he's stiff in his hips. Um, he's got he's got he's got track speed. He's one of those guys. He's he's very fast, but he but only in a straight line. It's not he he's not going to uh, be fast in and out of his breaks, and he's not really going to make those sharp cuts on his routes. 
But if you use him the right way, that won't matter. It's, there's a role for him in the NFL. So, so because you know speed is king, and you can utilize his speed, and he's a very tough player. He's uh he's uh and he's very shorthanded. So you can scheme a way to get Devin, du- Devin Duvernay the ball. Um, you got and the rest of them you got depth. You got depth, and um, James Prochet is really going to be a solid. He's going to open some eyes. He'll probably be like a training camp favorite because he's going to catch everything and he's going to be precise on his routes. He's not the athlete that the rest of these wide receivers are, but he's going to be that try hard dude. He's going to be. He's going to do everything right. The coaches are going to love him because he's going to do everything right. But it's just that he's limited athletically, but he still has a chance to make it. Um, Malik Harrison is, you know, he, in nineteen. If it was nineteen ninety eight, he he would went in the first round. He's your classic two down linebacker thumper. Uh, if you run in a three four. You can put him out there and have Patrick Queen next to him. Patrick Queen can be that inside linebacker that flies around and makes the plays. Malik Harrison can be the guy that takes on the blocks and does the dirty work. He's perfect for that role. Mm-hmm. Um, but you don't want him. You don't want him isolated in coverage against anybody. Um, uh, but you know Tyree Phillips, Ben Breederson, you got depth in the trenches. Uh, Broder, Broderick Washington, more depth in the trenches. Geno Stone's going to be. You know he, he could be a depth guy, special teams guy. But you really, you you guys really knocked it out with the with the first uh, with the first two picks. That's where your immediate help comes in, and then you got your developmental guy in the third round in Justin Matabuke. That's where that's that's the value of your draft right there. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> now, as you, as you guys know, I usually just go behind Eugene and Damian and rank each team based on um, how I think they did in the draft, based on what these guys are saying. So I have the Bengals number one. And that reason is that is because both of you basically said that they hit on every draft. Um, and yeah. I think that it's, I think it's kind of easy to do that when you're picking at the beginning of every round anyway, because you're yeah. number one. But exactly. I'm not going to knock them for that. So because you guys made that statement, they can be number one. Um, the Ravens are putting in number two because of the first and second round pick. I mean, those are guys that, no, I don't think many people expected to fall fall to us in those rounds. And like you said, Eugene, those are guys that can make an immediate impact. Mm-hmm. Um, if we any any success we have next year, I believe that it's going to be attributed to those two. Um, and then everybody, everything else just falls in line. It wasn't um, like you like Damian, like you mentioned. Um, you can question wide receivers and why they was picked there when this person could have been picked. But overall, it was a solid draft. I can't really pick out one person and say like you know why, like because at some yeah. point they had talent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's the Browns. I don't really have anything negative to say about the Browns. Um, the only, like I said, the only reason why I gave the Ravens, put the Ravens over them, was because of who they got first and second. Like who, who knew they would fall to the Ravens? Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Steelers, no hate. The Steelers is, is number four. Um, I mean, too many questions. Like you said, they could have had Dawkins at, in the second round, and, and they just totally passed over him. So um, for that alone, anytime you have to question, like even though they didn't have the first round pick. Your first pick of that draft, people are questioning it. That's a problem. So I have the Bengals, Ravens, Browns, Steelers. Sounds about right. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's pretty that's pretty true, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, you can't you can't you can't put it any other way. No. Well, let me ask no. you guys this about the did we did I ask you about the Steelers and winning ten games with Big Ben being back? Do you guys think they can win ten games? Like I know you said you can see the Browns winning ten, so could those two be competing for the wild card spot at ten six? Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, yeah, I mean with Big Ben uh, healthy and you know the added weapons that they got already, and just I mean, I mean, I'm really, I'm a really big fan of Deontay Johnson. I think he's going to take another step forward. 
Um, he yeah, should be I their number them. one. He should be their number yeah. one. Yeah. 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 He's a stud. Yeah, I could see them winning 10 games, actually. I mean, they, they have the weapons, defense they got. They, they, they got a good defense. Deontay Johnson, mm-hmm. you know, to the, we, we both of us love him. Um, yeah. You know, Brian Eric Ebron. Eric Ebron is still a talented, you know, athletic tight end. He just needs to catch he's the still, ball. Yeah, you know, he's still he's a threat there. The so, you <laughs> yeah. know, he, he's going to get those one-on-ones against linebackers and safeties. And we've seen him with Andrew Luck that he can win those matchups. Um, mm-hmm. And so, heck, he probably could have broke the tight end touchdown record if he didn't drop so many of them. So, yeah. you know, he's going to be with another, you know, Hall of Fame type of quarterback. Just he's going to drop something. passes from him, too. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, Eric Ebron's there. They have um, Chase Claypool, who, who we're going to see how, we'll see what type of impact, they what they can draw for him and how they use him. Because that's why I'm really mm-hmm. intrigued by it. What are they going to do with him? Um, yeah. James Washington is that, that guy that they, they, you know, they use him to get over the top of defenses. Um, and then you got Juju, their big slot receiver. Um, mm-hmm. While Deontay Johnson's that dude with all slot, bunch, tight, outside, X, Y, whatever. Wherever you want to put him, he's, he can win his matchups. And he's mm-hmm. intelligent. Like he, I think Big Ben will truly, because he's a, we got to think about with veteran quarterbacks, they always want, they, they love those young guys that just get it, that understand yeah. the game, that pick mm-hmm. it up really well. You know, yep. like I said, right. when, I, when I did that thread on, on him on, on Twitter, one of the main things, uh, shout out to my boy Eric Crocker. Uh, Crocker was like, listen, he's like, you know, I, I, I knew what, I wasn't even paying attention to the actual coverage. I was just paying attention mm-hmm. to what, how he won that route. But if you look at that route specifically, it shows the intelligence. It was covered, it was covered to mm-hmm. man trail. So to break that down, you got the safety over the top in case the, the receiver gets deep. Uh, Patrick Peterson was covering him. That's their best corner. They put their best corner on Deontay Johnson. Mm-hmm. Not James Washington, not any of those other guys. They put him on Deontay Johnson. So Deontay, when he gets when he gets off the line, Patrick Peterson is going to usually nine times out of ten, the corner gives them the free release unless they're playing physical cover mm-hmm. two-man trail. He gives them the free release, and he's playing underneath. So it's like a bracket coverage pretty much. They want to take yeah. away the, the underneath, and then they will also want to make it either a really tough throw or take it away the uh, the deep throw. Well, if you play it and you watch it slowly, Deontay Johnson, before the snap, he peeks at, and when he comes off the line, he peeks at the safety. He sees the safety. He attacks mm-hmm. the inside. He attacks, he leans, and runs kind of inside like he's going to make an in-breaking route on Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson is pretty much, he takes all his space away, and he gets up into his, into his comfort level. So now Patrick Peterson really is in trail. And then he gives him a slight head nod to the inside, breaks back out to the, to the outside for the out route. Perfect mm-hmm. route. You don't see young receivers making that play. Big, yeah. ben, Big Ben is going to appreciate those type oh, of yeah. plays because he's mm-hmm. not going to have – nobody on his team is able to do all of that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, run, the, exactly. run the right route, beat the press man coverage, and win over the top. Can, and, and intelligent enough – to beat bracket coverage like that, Juju, mm-hmm. Juju's a good, he's a good solid receiver. But his, all his production early on you know. came from AB. Mm-hmm. We saw what happened when AB wasn't there. He was uh, he wasn't as productive. Then he got yeah. hurt, and it's just is what it is. And you can't tell me bad quarterback play because Deontay Johnson looked just fine with the quarterback play. Exactly. So well, that true. you know the, the the Steelers definitely have a chance to win ten games. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and be one of those last, one of those, those, uh, that second or third wild card team. So them, they got a chance. They got a chance. So we have the Steelers one in ten, possibly the Browns one in ten, possibly the Bengals can go six and ten. You said, yeah. Now the Ravens won a division, but the Ravens have never won a division three years back in a to row. back. Uh-huh. So I'm thinking that this is going to be a more competitive. Um, it is division mm-hmm. this year. At least mm-hmm. I hope so, because I mean, it really. I don't know. I don't know how you did it, Damien. I mean, it doesn't feel good to just beat up on people. Ah. Like, oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> It's bully a division for it's 20 weird. years. And then it felt good. But um, it should be a better division next year. It felt great Definitely. to me. Oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Wait, wait, until all, wait until they play y'all and they beat y'all. The whole division going to be so happy. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I want us to lose every game. Uh, mm. you know, I want, I want a real quarterback. Mm. You, might, you might get one next year. I don't want um, Trevor, though. Mm, that's a, that's a, oh, ooh, that's another show. That. Yeah, yeah, that's another show. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> so did you, besides that, besides that, did you guys have anything else you wanted to say? Uh, just, a, just the usual, man. Appreciate everybody for tuning in, continuing to support us. Uh, tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend to tell their grandmother that we got the best football podcast in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, hit us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, and the other stuff, Spotify, all these joints. Follow us, everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Um, uh, get well soon to all those players that tested positive for COVID. Sure, for I sure. mean, we we doing we doing they doing a whole lot of testing now, and a whole lot of guys are testing positive. So, um, prayers for their families, prayers for them, make it through all right. And um, hey, tell your mama to tell your other mama, tell your baby daddy, tell your papa, tell your brother tell your sister tell your cousin we got the best podcast out here man thanks all right all right well until next time bye guys deuces y'all later